All right, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 68 of Off Topic. Um, college basketball is officially over, uh, which sucks. It sucks even more for me because the Tar Heels lost the national championship to Kansas. But before we get into that, we are going to go back in time right now to my immediate reaction after the Duke North Carolina game, Final Four game. So we're going to go back to that right now. Under two minutes. A nice cover of the roll by Griffin. And it, oh, what a shot. It's a three. Overhelp, sneak a peek, pay mightily. Missed them both. Carolina possession with the lead. You wonder right now if Hubert will go for a two-for-one. You don't see that much in college, but I think he got to go for a good one. Might take a while. They're, they're going down the stretch. They're going to run after 10. Inside 30 overall. Love. Ooh. Top of the key. Oh! Big time delivery. The shot of the night to this point. Second one is good also. Heels. Racing. Pull up. Three. No good. Rebound Carolina. And the fairy tale ride for the Tar Heels continues. And Coach K's legendary career has come to a close. All right, emergency podcasts, uh, not immediately after the game, but following morning of Duke, North Carolina, Final Four. Uh, it is just me and Ricardo here. <clears throat> and Hello, everyone. <laughs> what a fucking game it was. It was, without a doubt, the most hyped college basketball game of all time. And it exceeded all expectations. I think it'll go down as the greatest college basketball game in the history of the sport, just because of the stakes and like the the poetry of the how it was going with Coach K's final game. He wanted revenge for losing to Carolina earlier in the year, and he did not get it. North Carolina beats Duke to move on to the national championship, eighty-one to seventy-seven. And I'm I'm still at a loss for words. What a fucking incredible game that was! It was it was just such a good game from start to finish. Like, yeah, like it it was never more than a three possession game, ever. It was just like he you didn't know who was gonna win till like the last twenty seconds of the game, maybe. Like, but it was just such a good game, such a good game. And Caleb Love is just so, so fucking good. Yeah. Um, so good. So we were down by three at half, 37-34. And I think I had, I've, of course, I had a lot of people like texting me like, oh, how do you feel? What do you think? And I told them all the same thing. I said, if Caleb Love and Brady Manick can get going a little bit, I feel pretty good about our chances. And as soon as the second half started, Duke had two buckets to get up by seven. And that was their biggest lead of the game. And then the next three possessions was a Caleb Love three. I remember you saying you were like, oh, it's game. It's over. That's over. It's over. Well, I said it's over because 
Duke went on a 5-0 run to start the half, and the refs made a terrible call mm-hmm. on Armando where Mark Williams flopped. So, and you know how I get when I watch. Yeah, you know that I. That's just how I am. I was like, yeah, this this game's over. Um, and then Caleb Love three, Caleb Love three, Brady Manic three, Caleb Love layup to go on an 11-0 run, and all of a sudden we're we're right back in the lead, and I was. I was starting to really get into the game at that. I was, I was always in the game. I was always nervous, but I was seeing one of those patented Carolina runs that um, people who like watch Carolina for a long time, they're like just the king of making runs in March. And it was so exciting to see that, especially after everything this team's been through this year, just like ups and downs, not supposed to make the tournament to see them perform like that on the big stage. Um, manic and love, especially just, I just can't believe like how well they played and stepped up. And like you were, you were just, we were saying before Caleb Love and Leaky Black didn't come out a single second of the no, game. No, they played all 40 minutes. Yeah. Um, RJ had to sit a little bit because of foul trouble. Armando rolled his ankle. He had to sit for a little bit. Um, and shout out to Puff Johnson. I think he played like six or seven minutes. Yeah. He did a great played job. Nine minutes. Nine minutes. Mm-hmm. And then Dontre Styles, I think, only played like two and didn't really do much. Yeah. But that was the only two bench guys that we ever use. Um, and I, it shows a lot of trust in Puff Johnson because, you know, Armando is in foul trouble and hurts his ankle. You think they would put in Justin McCoy, who's like another big man, and they put in a much smaller Puff Johnson. But Huber just has a lot of trust in that guy, and he earned it. Justin McCoy came in for one minute. One minute. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. So I guess we had three – we used three subs, but – Either way, I mean that's just nothing. Like we had people over yesterday, and you could just feel the tension in the room. Yeah. So it's I I obviously get super like, and I I even told the people that were here like this is all I have. Sports are all I have in my life currently. So it's like yeah, I know I care way too much. Yada yada yada. People are like, oh, why is he getting so excited? Does this really matter? Yes, to me it does. This is all that matters. So I. They knew what they were getting into when they came over. He let them know ahead of time, if you're going to come, be ready to not. You can't talk for two hours. <laughs> I told him that this is the most important two hours of my life. Um, there were a couple points in the second half, like like seven, seven and less minutes left, where I was so nervous. I literally told Ricardo that I felt like I was going to pass out. Like and, I, and I, and I could feel the, I think you were maxed out in nervousness, and then it was it was transferring to me. Because, like, I think, like, a minute seven or eight, or actually, like, when there was, like, ten minutes left in the half, in the second half, I was, like, starting to get real nervous. I was biting my fingers. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Like, my you, – you guys felt my heart. I My heart was pumping so hard that I could feel it in my ears. Like, I I was – I told them, I honestly think I was more nervous for that than the Bucks Game 6 championship just because Bucks Game 6 was not a win-or-go-home game. And also – it wasn't against Duke. Like there's no team in the history of any sport that I hate more than Duke and no human being that I hate more than coach K besides Putin. Nah, that's your words. Mm. (laughs) So I was just like, that game just meant so much to me. And I, the fact that it was his last game, the fact that I just, I still just can't believe that we beat coach K on coach K night. (laughs) And then we beat him in the final four to retire him. Like, that's just, it's awesome that forever Hubert Davis is going to have a winning record against Coach K. 
And I also think, and I, I actually like North Carolina has won that rivalry forever because we can just say, well, we retired coach K to go to the national championship and Duke fans just can't say anything. They could win 10 straight games against North Carolina and Carolina fans can just say, well, we beat coach K and coach K night and we retired him. And it's like, that's just it. That's it. Because we always talk about people can like roast you for your team and stuff, but there's nothing more you can say than, well, we won. Yeah, we won. Yeah. We won. So we, we, we retired coach K like if, and it's crazy because this is this is Coach K's legacy now. You know, if he would have lost to anybody in the tournament, it would have been like, what a career, what a career, yada, yada, yeah. yada. And it still will be to some extent. But when people think about Coach K now, they're going to think, yeah, he lost his last two games against North Carolina. And actually his record all time against North Carolina before last night was 50 and 49. So he finished oh. at 500. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he doesn't have a winning record against North Carolina in his career anymore. But and you, but you did say you were going to say something nice about him. I, I, I will. I, I honestly, I have to give credit to Coach K and Wendell Moore because they were the only two people who shook hands after the game. Like, what a bunch of sore fucking losers. Yeah. I know, I know you lose. You don't want to do that shit, but you just have to. So I will give credit to Coach K and Wendell Moore. They both went and shook North Carolina players' hands. All the other players just fucking took their ball and left there. Fuck this, which is just shitty. Um, let's see. I got some notes here. Um, the, okay, so we should probably talk. Kansas and Villanova also played oh, yeah, right before, and the game, game sucked, and nobody gave a fuck about that game, truthfully. And it honestly, it feels weird that North Carolina is playing in the national championship tomorrow. And there's like a part of me that's like, they could well, win. They could win the national championship. Yeah. They very well could there. Even though they weren't supposed to be in the tournament. Yeah. But it's like this game against Duke was the national championship for me here yeah. on out. It's like, if we lose to Kansas, obviously I'll be upset, but it's like, we beat Duke. We made it this far. in the final yeah, four. And, we, and-, and, um, and uh, Billy Lauderdale, friend of the program, texted me, and he's like, you know, if somebody told us we were going to be tied with a couple minutes left in the final four, I would have taken it. And I completely agree. If it was against anybody else, I'd have been like, if we lose, we lose. It's okay. But against Duke, it's just like you can't. You, I can't. I couldn't have handled losing that game because Coach K would have gotten his revenge. And I and it was like such a high earlier in the year, being like we beat Coach K in the last game because I never thought we were going to make the Final Four and Matt possibly match up against Duke. I thought there was no way because because Ian even said when we were watching um, North Carolina play uh, St. Peter's. St. Peter's. Yeah, you even said. I don't want them. I don't want North Carolina to win. A part of me doesn't want it to win because I don't want the chance. Yep. I don't want to give Coach K a chance to beat us. That's right. Yeah. There was a small part of me that wanted to lose to St. Peter's because I really thought that Duke was going to go win the national championship. And I didn't like the only way to get more storybook for Coach K is if he knocked off North Carolina to go win the championship. Yeah. Then the people would just be like, oh my God, it'd be just a suck to Coach K. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> And that would that would just suck for me. Um, the last thing I kind of want to talk about, two things. Um, I don't know if you remember last year. This is why I kind of wish Liam was here right now. Um, Walker Kessler for North Carolina last year. He was a big-ass white dude, and he transferred and went to Auburn. Um, 
this is just why I love sports so much because when Walker, oh, I remember this guy. You remember yeah, him? Yeah. When Walker Kessler left, people were like, "Fuck!" Like he was a five star, one of the best defenders, one of the best bigs in the nation. People were like, "Fuck!" Like that's a big loss. But if Walker Kessler doesn't leave, we don't get Brady Manic. And if we don't get Brady Manic, we're not playing in the championship tomorrow. He's absolutely been the best player for us. Uh, in this tournament, him and Caleb's right up there. Caleb's been crazy, but Brady, like he's a monster. He yeah. is the X factor on this team. I really believe that. As soon as he started to get going, you know, is when and him and Caleb. I guess him and Caleb at the same time really got going. But Brady Mag deserves all the credit in the world for getting us here. He really does. And if Walker Kessler doesn't leave, which at the time people thought was like the end of Carolina, mm-hmm. and then Brady Manic comes in and just saves us. And then last thing, I just couldn't be happier for Hubert Davis. Like, what a first year. First year head coach. Uh, has that, I wonder if that's ever been done. It's happened five times. Where they go like uh, to the final four, to the championship. To the championship five times? Five times. Has, has anybody ever won? I don't know. That's interesting. I'm going to look it up. But I know it's happened five times. But you, five times, you think about how many college programs there are and how long college basketball has been a thing. Five is like 0.1%. Like, it's, he is an elite, elite company there. And the fact, again, the fact that he beat Coach K on the way to the championship is just like couldn't get better for Hubert Davis. And I love how passionate and emotional that guy is. Like he just – he really has Carolina playing inspired right now. Um, and we got a chance to go win a fucking chip tomorrow. Um, and the, yeah, so I want we wanted to record this pod now because if we lose tomorrow, obviously it won't be as fun to talk about this game. So um, we wanted to just get this out quick. Also, Armando Baycott was huge on the boards, twenty one rebounds huge, yeah. last night, which is just he only had eleven points but twenty one rebounds. Yeah, which that's is just crazy. That's what he's been doing all year. Um, he's he is incredible. That's why when 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 he got when he got taken out uh, when he got fi- uh, his fifth foul. They put in puff. I was like, this guy's kind of short. And mm-hmm. I was like, I just don't, I just don't know because Baycott's been getting every single rebound. Yeah. Like, but no, it was, yeah, it was fine. Carolina prevailed. What a game. Um, Caleb Love has that killer mentality. He's got the clutch gene big time. That uh, last three he made with 30 seconds left was just to go up by four, I believe. I think they're up by one or two. I think they were up by one, and he made a three to go up by four. Yeah. And then Trevor Keels came down and hit a layup to make it a two-point game, yeah. Um, like, Caleb's been doing that all year for us, just big shot after big shot. He did it against UCLA, too. He hit some big fucking shots. Um, RJ Davis was incredible in the second half. Um, I'm, I'm excited for tomorrow. I don't know. I don't I, – I honestly think Kansas is a win. But I've also said I thought Baylor was going to win. I thought UCLA was going to win. I thought Duke gonna, was going to win. Yeah. The only game that I liked our chances in this year were Marquette and St. Peter's. So who fucking knows? Carolina is the hottest team in the nation right now. No doubt about it. Mm-hmm. They're playing inspired. And it's crazy to call North Carolina like one of the – like we've been in the most Final Fours out of anybody in history. But it almost feels like they're a team of destiny this year. And the, the the thing is, the pressure is on Kansas. It's not on North Carolina because they weren't supposed to be there. Kansas was a, a they were they were like a lot of people had them winning. Mm-hmm. So the pressure's on them. There's not that much pressure on North, North Carolina. 
And I, and I think that's what was the downfall of Duke in both Coach K Knight and this game is that the pressure on Duke that Coach K put on yeah. himself for doing this retirement tour and all this stuff like was immense. And his him, I don't want to say him, but his players, they couldn't live up to the pressure. Obviously, they went 0 for 2 in the two biggest games of the year against mm-hmm. their their rivals. And Hubert Davis just plain and simple out coached Coach K last night. I mean, Coach K was making some interesting choices with the fouls. Theo John had three fouls in the first half and he kept him in, gave him a uh he got a fourth mm-hmm. in the first half. I don't know how you keep him in. Like you gotta go. I know you don't want to go to your bench, but you and he was a bench guy because Mark Williams is already out, but you gotta go deeper into your bench. I don't know. I thought that was an interesting decision. And then Carolina just made more shots, made more threes at the end. They made bigger shots when it counted more. And it was just awesome. It was just awesome. I was very, very excited last night, as you guys know. (laughs) It was awesome. Oh, do you know who Marvin Williams is? Marvin Williams? I looked up. uh, like Mark Williams? No, Marvin. uh, Like a first-year head coach who's won the national championship. And it says, um, with the arrival of freshman Marvin Williams, Williams led, I don't know if that means like player, uh, North Carolina to a national championship in 2005. Oh, yeah, as a first national title as a head coach. So I think there has been one other person, one other coach. Marvin Williams is a player. He played for, obviously, and then he went to, he played for Charlotte in the NBA, I believe. Maybe it's maybe. As a head coach. Marvin, Marvin Williams wasn't the coach, North Carolina, 2005. Now he was the freshman. It says William. Oh, Williams. That's Roy Williams. Oh, that was just that's okay. just his first national title. He uh, didn't win his first okay. year. He won his first title in 2005, but that wasn't his first year that, coaching. I don't Carolina. think it's ever happened because I can't. It doesn't give me nothing. I'm but sure. Maybe, I'm sure we'll know. Like with tomorrow. Yeah, they'll talk about yeah. it. I'm sure. Um. But yeah, you got anything else, Richie? It was just it's uh, that was probably the best basketball game I've ever seen in my life. And the thing is, like, I got, I was asking, I was asking you before the game, like, obviously, would you rather be a blowout or a close game? And obviously, you're like, no, like, you would, if you're gonna lose, you'd rather lose by twenty. If you're gonna win, uh, just, just for your own sanity during the game, you want to win, you want to be up by twenty the whole game. Yeah. But the the game was just so good from start to finish. And you told me, you said if you could, if you get, were guaranteed to win, would you rather be close or a blow? I said if I was guaranteed to win, then give me a close game. Yeah, because it'll just be more exciting. And that's what we got. Um, I'm gonna that game's gonna have a lot of rewatch value. Oh, I remember what else I was gonna say. There, there are just there's a couple games in North Carolina history that, um, like I'll remember forever, and it's. Elite eight, Luke May shot against Kentucky. Uh, the game winner he hit that eventually led us to a national championship. And then that national championship against Gonzaga. Um, and then this year, both games against Duke, the one, obviously this game, and then the one at Duke. Those four games, I think, like those are four would just live in my head forever. And if we win tomorrow, then add a fifth, like those are just the most exciting games i've ever seen in my life that villanova north carolina 2016 game would have been cool to win but that one just kills me whenever i st- whenever uh they talk about that if it would have been carolina villanova tomorrow 
that would have sucked a little bit because they would have showed that highlight of Chris Jenkins hitting that shot like a thousand fucking times, um, which is just brutal. But yeah, those four games just like, ah uh, man, I could just rewatch those forever and not get sick of it. It's just, um, but yeah, hopefully we get a fifth one tomorrow. Man, what a year for Hubert Davis if he wins the national championship in his first year. That'd be so sick. Because they, they were they had a like a, a rough start to the season, didn't they? Big time. They yeah. had they had a back to back against Wake Forest and Miami. Both losses were by like twenty eight, and people were like, "Oh no!" Like Carolina's just dead. Yeah. Like they, I I don't want to say I was out on Hubert Davis, but I was just like, I mean, maybe we don't have any talent, but holy fuck. Since those games, outside of the Duke game at Carolina where we got our shit kicked in, I mean, we've been pretty lights out. We've, I think, other than that, in Virginia Tech might be our only two losses. Um, and it's just this team's playing so inspired. And I'm so happy for Hubert Davis. And I'm so happy that we retired Coach K. Um, I already see in the rumors, oh, could he come back? Could he come back? Stop it. Don't do that to me. He better not. Yeah, come I was gonna say no. He's gonna pull a Brady. Although that would be a fucking egomaniac thing to do is to yeah. have a retirement tour and then come back. I could see it just because he's a psychopath. But who knows? Um, so this is gonna be the first part of the podcast. Second part, this is all gonna release at once. Will be a reaction to the Kansas North Carolina championship. I don't know if we're gonna record tomorrow or Tuesday. Um, we'll figure it out, but. You'll hear it all at once. So hopefully my mood is even better or it could be way worse. We don't know. Um, but only time will tell. Um, go to our heels and we'll see you Monday night. Adios. Okay. Now back to reality, a much more sad time. Um, before we get to the national championship, Liam, do you have anything to say about the Duke Carolina game? Because you weren't able to be on with me and Ricardo during that recording. Yeah. Um, God, I fucking loved Duke losing. I, I don't know. It may just be like my hatred for Duke, but I feel like the fan base that hates Duke the most besides North Carolina, because they're obviously number one is Wisconsin. For I think, sure. the, I think the Wisconsin fan base is second in hating Duke just because Duke screwed him out of a 2015 national championship game. And to see Coach K lose and Duke lose when they were playing an eighth seed and they had the whole thing lined up for them to win and like Coach K final ride, oh, it was incredible. I loved it. Loved every second. North Carolina looked really, really good in that game. And, I mean, North Carolina, an eighth seed? Oh, man, they were. Besides Houston, well, I think now you can't say besides Houston, but I mean, they were the most underseeded team in the tournament. And I think it showed. And um, I'm sorry that things did not turn out for you in the end. I tried my hardest to reverse jinx it. And it ended up both of us losing in the end because. No, you didn't even get <laughs> Kansas minus four and a half. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because that one guy stepped on the out of bounds line on the inbounds play. Oh, yeah. But no, I'm. I would say one last thing before you can take over on your national championship game. Um, I thought Duke, North Carolina was the game of the tournament. And then I watched the second half of Kansas, North Carolina, and that completely went out the window. They were close. They were really cool. At least it depends. 
on the environment. <laughs> I like the Duke one better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I feel like in our house, when we were watching it, the environment was just so much better in the Duke-Carolina game, regardless of, like, the final result of the game. So I guess it, it depends. But I enjoyed the Duke-North Carolina game much, much more. Yeah. So Monday night, um, I don't even know where to start. We we played pretty much a perfect second half, or first half, excuse me. So right away, Kansas got out to like a 7-0 lead. And I was like, just weather the storm and we'll be fine. I was like, Kansas played – Literally, they played a game and a half of perfect basketball. I was like, there's no way they're going to play perfect in the championship. Um, So weather the storm for that 7-0 run, and they did. And then Carolina claws back to tie it up at 22 apiece maybe. And then out of fucking nowhere, Carolina just goes on this crazy run. Brady Mannix hitting shots. Um, and we lead by 15 at halftime and the vibes in the house were good. Um, I, I'm not gonna say I was confident at all, but I was very, very happy where we were at. I was like, I just, I couldn't believe, I was like, if you told me two months ago that we were going to be up by 15 in the national championship, I would have thought you were a fucking crazy person. Like, um, and then I knew Kansas was going to go on a run because that's just what happens in college basketball. It was so predictable. Um, and Carolina weathered that run too and played them tight till the end. Um, Kansas just played better, played better at the end of the game when it mattered. Um, Caleb Love just couldn't get going. And that was, that was it. Everybody else played well. Shout out to fucking Puff Johnson. Uh, Leaky Black picked up his fourth foul and had to go out early. And Puff played some of the greatest minutes I've ever seen from a bench guy in my life. He even puked. He puked. Um, yeah, uh, Carolina. Well, let's, let's just get he puked. Carolina was just getting the shit beat. Up. I'm not saying like foul wise, but th- things were just going bad for them. Brady Manick, like the first play of the game got knocked out mm-hmm. like he collapsed he got hit in the head so hard and then like the next possession he got hit in the head again Caleb Love rolled his ankle with no contact just by himself Armando Baycott rolled his ankle again and couldn't play the rest of the game which ended up being the game which was just I feel sick for him like as soon as he rolled first of all if he doesn't roll his ankle we probably don't turn it over on that possession. Whether we get a bucket or not, I don't know. But we don't turn it over. And then next possession down, McCormick on Manic. That was going to be um, butter all day long. Like, it's just that was the game. And I felt awful for Baycott. I felt awful for everybody on the team. Um, but there was – I'm sad now, but reflecting in – a couple weeks maybe a month i i'm just so proud i still am of all these guys and hubert davis like he overachieved so much and we got to be the only bubble team to end the year ap ranked second like uh nothing there's nothing for those kids to hang their heads about obviously they're all disappointed but um 
you look back at this season, people are going to remember this team forever because of the run they went on and the fact that they beat Coach K on Coach K night and retired him on Saturday um, at the Final Four. And, yeah, like I said, I'm sad now. I'm The night of was tough. I was very, very upset. Ricardo can attest. That's true. He was – I had to like carry him in my arms and kiss him. Yeah, that's not true. I did tell Ricardo though that tomorrow morning when we go to the gym, I'm gonna put five plates on both sides of the bench, and don't you dare spot me. I'm lifting and I'm letting that thing. I'm letting that. Side? I'm letting that thing throttle my neck till I die because I was so, just depressed. But... If you put five plates on each side. I don't think it matters if I spot you or not. <laughs> I think true. it's going down. That's true. Fair enough. But, yeah, um, I don't know. I'm sure I'll have more thoughts as you guys chime in, but you guys can go ahead. I I feel like I couldn't – the like a Duke-North Carolina game, I feel like your stress and your worry was coming on to me. Mm. But I, for some reason, the, the, the championship game – also, I was working on a freaking essay. I know you time. were. So I wasn't able to enjoy the game. So Ian, Ian's stress didn't overflow on me. That's he. So he had to keep it all. I think that's why he was so sad. Yeah. Well, we also beat Duke, so there was nothing to be stressed about at the end of that game. That's true. That's true. Um, there, there was, and it, you know, it makes me sad because the game was such a good game. But it's gonna be a long time till I rewatch that one. You know, um, because it was just, it's just, it's sad. But there was a sequence where Puff Johnson hit a three and on the other end came down and took a charge. And I don't know if I've ever been like more hyped at a single moment in my life. Oh, and he just screamed. And then showing Hubert Davis on the sideline, he was fucking hyped up. I mean, he wanted that thing so bad. You don't usually see coaches get like that. Hubert Davis was going crazy after that Puff Johnson charge. I was going, I was losing my mind. Um, and I, I just wish – I wish that I could have that moment and have it end with a win, you know. Like, Puff Johnson would have won MVP of that game if um, the North Carolina would have won. Like, and he should – he absolutely deserved it. But, Liam, I've talked enough. You can go ahead and give your thoughts. Yeah. My first thought on that, who the hell decided a 9.20 Eastern time start was a great time on a Monday night for a national championship game? Let I'd me, like to talk – let me tell you something real quick. I'm sorry, but I I had a tennis match that day. I didn't get back to the house till 8 p.m. I would have missed it if it wasn't at 8:20. Thank God it was at 8:20. Yeah, right, I, <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> sorry, you're good. You're good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But on your point about how proud you are of this team, I think you should be incredibly proud of this team. I think no matter what, your guys gave their hearts. I mean, Baycott uh, rolled his ankle, which really sucked. That really sucked. He's an ugly motherfucker, but he knows how to play basketball. My <laughs> God. <laughs> He's not that ugly. Are you kidding? Eh. He, He's, He's good at basketball. That's all that matters here. But, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, it, He's just it, a rebounding that, machine. 
rebounding machine. He's strong as hell. I mean, he's only 6'10", and he's going up against, like, David McCormick and those guys, all those big guys. It was really nice. They really, really was brutal to just see. Okay. It was really just brutal to see him uh, go down. And Caleb Love, I think I saw a stat where, what was he, like, 6 of, like, 24 on his shots or something like that? Him and RJ Davis were like a combined 12 for 40 or something like that. And that that's the game right there. Yeah. I mean, it, little, our two best players were offensively were manic and puff. Bake yeah. was the best defensively and rebounding wise, but yeah. yeah. And puff Johnson, he gave that kid gave his all. And I know you're disappointed now, but that kid has a bright future. I mean, he was a five-star coming in, I believe, correct? Uh, I don't think he was a five, no. Okay. Highly rated recruit coming in. His brother's Cam Johnson. Um, But for him to step up on that stage. And the one thing that makes this, like, run incredible is that this North Carolina team lost to Pitt a month ago in conference Mm play. And And there they were in the Final Four, in the National Championship game, stepped like basically in step with Kansas the entire way in the second half uh, and thoroughly outplayed them in the first half to go from losing to probably one of the worst teams in division one college basketball a month ago to this is incredible. I mean, yeah. um, It makes me just really excited for next year. Um, Like this loss still hurts, but um, I, so I saw, a college basketball insider give our projected starting lineup and he has everybody coming back, which I don't I, think will happen. That would be crazy though. If, I if, was, if everybody comes back, we got to be favorites to the national championship. Gotta yeah, be. I, I was going to ask you who, who do you think's coming back? Cause Baycott's only a junior. I'm, I think I, Baycott and love will leave. That's it. What about uh, Brady? Manix. Yeah. Manix has to leave. Yeah. He's a, he's a, uh, yeah, this is his last year. But I'm saying people who could come back. RJ will come back for sure. Leaky Black will come back for his fifth year because um, of his COVID year because he's not good enough to go to the league. Um, and then – I, but, yeah, he had our starting lineup projection as Caleb Love, Seth Trimble, who's Mellow Trimble's little brother from Maryland. From Wisconsin. Yep, yeah, um, both from Wisconsin, yeah. Mm-hmm. And then – um, RJ Davis, Leaky Black, and then Baycott. And I literally told Ricardo, I was like, you know what? Maybe Caleb Love played so bad that he's going to want to come back for one more year. And I know it's just it's just a hope. Like, I hope that for Baycott, too. Like, maybe Baycott's just like, damn, we are so close. Let's go one more ride, and let's fucking go win this thing. Um, yeah. You think he'd do that instead of going to the league? Or- with NIL, he might be more inclined to now. Um, if you asked me that two years ago, I'd say there's a zero percent chance. But now that you can make money in college, and I'm assuming basketball players in North Carolina probably can make a de- decent chunk of change from NIL, there's certainly a chance. Baycott tried to go to the draft this year, um, but he came back, so I'd be shocked if he didn't go to the draft this year. Like I said, really, he I, doesn't. But I'm I'm the other way. I think Baycott will come back just because. His skill set doesn't really fit in the NBA. I agree. That's kind of that's kind of the like one knock on him that'll keep him out of like an early second round discussion. He'll be drafted, but I think he's a mid to second round, mid to late second round pick. 
Caleb Love, on the other hand, I think he should test the NBA waters because I think he proved in this tournament run that when he gets going, he can do he can have the shot creation. I mean, in the championship game, he was creating shots all over the place. They just would not, for the whatever reason, go down. And yeah, I he could be a first round pick in my eyes. I mean, he's exactly what an NBA team would want in a off the bench energizer type of role. So, yeah. Um, if I had to only lose one of those guys, I'd rather lose Caleb Love because we're a, a player like Baycott in college is irreplaceable almost. He's like a Kaminsky for Wisconsin. Like, yeah, Ethan Hat came in the next year and was great, but he is nothing compared to Kaminsky, you know? Mm-mm. Like, I mean, Baycott's going to be irreplaceable. I also think Brady Mannix irreplaceable. That guy is one of the greatest is going to go down as one of the greatest transfers in college basketball history. There has never been a transfer that's impacted a team as much as he has. Yeah, I, I agree. I think his stretch, his ability to stretch the floor will be thoroughly missed. And I think that's a role Puff Johnson will probably have to step into. Yeah. Um, Dontre styles too will have a bigger role next year. DeMarco Dunn, who's a, fre- who is a freshman this year will have a bigger role next year, especially if Caleb Love leaves. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Just... My last thoughts on North Carolina here. Um, we're talking about all these players, how they need to step up and all of that and how they're going to have bigger roles. But I think we're forgetting one hugely important thing that we learned in this tournament run, that Hubert Davis is a fantastic coach, and that he's here to stay. And – Honestly, if you're North Carolina, you should be very, very happy Hubert Davis is your coach for the foreseeable future. I, yeah, I literally told, I think I told you like after that, I was like, there's nobody else that I want leading the charge for the next 20, 30 years, however long um, that he coaches than Hubert Davis. Like after one year, I'm already in love with him. Does he have a, like a, a contract right now or do they have to sign another one? Yeah. I mean, he has a contract right now, but I mean, when you're at a place like North Carolina um, and do a good job, you don't really have to like work for it. Like a lot of coaches get signed to like lifetime contracts, which means as long as you want to coach here, you can like Cal Perry has a lifetime contract at Kentucky. I know as long as he wants to coach, they're going to pay him. Um, I'm sure Krzyzewski had that deal. He coached for 40 fucking years. I doubt he was signing a new contract every five years. They probably were just telling him, yeah, we're just you can just stay, we're we'll pay you as much as you want. So um, yeah, no, I love Hubert so much. I feel awful for him. Uh his uh his interview between like after the first media timeout, did you see that? That was fucking electric. He didn't even let yeah. Tracy Wolfson finish her question before he started yelling. I love that guy so much. Um, but yeah, I'm, I feel a lot better than I did Monday night. Obviously yesterday was still tough. Like you just feel like tightness in your chest. You just feel sad. Like, and it's also the fact that, I mean, Richie made sure to mention to me, mention it to me five times on Monday night that it was the greatest upset or not upset, but like biggest comeback in national championship history. Ricardo brought it up like five times in the span of 30 seconds, which was awesome. No, no, I asked 
<laughs> so this? they said it on TV. That was the greatest, biggest comeback in national. And then Ricardo was like, "Oh, that was the great, best comeback in national championship history." And Nick was like, "Yeah." And then Ricardo was like, "Oh, how much was it? Sixteen points?" I was like, "Bro, you got to knock it off." <laughs> <laughs> I was just wondering. I was curious. <laughs> he was killing me. Um. Yeah. Um. Either you have final thoughts before I go. Let me think. Um, I'll take it as a no. I think <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> um, Liam, you got anything? No, no, not not on this. Okay, then I'll just go real quick. Um, I'm just extremely proud uh, of North Carolina this year. Um, after two bad years, you know, you can only keep a program like that down for so long. Um, we're right back to where we have been the last 30 years, right at the top of college basketball. We're going to be preseason ranked top 10, maybe top five next year, depending on who comes back. Um, I could, there's nobody else in the country. I want leading this team other than Hubert Davis, whoever comes back and who, or who doesn't I have, he has earned full faith in him going forward. I'm excited for the future of Carolina basketball. I'm so proud of this team. I'm going to miss Brady Manick with all my heart. And whoever leaves or stays, I'm going to love these five guys and Puff now forever. Like just the run, the the iron five North Carolina fans were calling them because they didn't use subs at all. Um, those guys just played their nuts off all tournament. And, you know, their, their run just ran out. The gas just ran out with about 30 seconds left in that game. And, that's just how college basketball goes sometimes, but it'll, it'll be all right. Um, we retired coach K and that's all that matters. Yep. And you will keep that same energy throughout the off season. And oh, I know you will. That's a great transition. <laughs> yeah. Keep, yeah. Keeping that same energy. LeBron and the Lakers have officially <laughs> missed the playoffs. Um, I fuck LeBron, fuck the Lakers. Everybody knew this was coming. They put together a fucking bum-ass team. And now I feel bad for Frank Vogel. He's getting fired uh, because LeBron put together these fucking bum misfits who don't know how to play basketball. Not Vogel's fault. Vogel's had success with other teams. Uh, and I think I, I like that. I especially got him as blessed because this just proves that the bubble was the biggest fluke in NBA history. The Lakers went from missing the playoffs to winning the championship in the bubble, to getting swept by the Suns, to missing the playoffs. Like, they suck. The The bubble was just the biggest fluke ever. It really yeah. was. And this proves it. It absolutely proves it. Yeah. Who – I just don't understand what general manager looked at a team with LeBron and Anthony Davidson and was like, you know what? The third star we need is Russell Westbrook. That'll bring us back. Yeah, and LeBron I just, loves to get, like, fucking Carmelo always on the team, even though Carmelo hasn't been good for, like, eight years. Dwight Howard. I'm, <laughs> Jesus. The, I mean, at some point, you have to stop letting LeBron call the fucking shots. Yeah, and, I, I was telling Richie the other day, like, I'd be terrified to be a coach of the Lakers, like, because LeBron makes the team, and then if they're not good, you get fired. Yeah, like, I mean, that just that's, sucks. That's just the I bad mean, thing about pro sports because – like I was telling Ian, 
when when you play sports as a young kid, like they tell you, like you have to respect your coach, you know, stuff like that. But in the pros, if you are LeBron or Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady, and you tell the front office, I don't get along with the head coach, they're gonna fire them. Like it, it doesn't matter if, if if you're the problem, they're gonna fire the head coach, and it's just the way the the pros works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and look, see the Lakers. You have LeBron. You have Anthony Davis. You're going to have Russell Westbrook because no way in hell he's going to opt out of a $45 million player option after the season. Mm-hmm. You don't have any pieces around them because you traded them all for Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis, who are just not good. Where are you going if you're the Lakers? Don't forget like, they used all their extra money to sign THT to a huge, huge extension, and he had yeah, like nine points a game. <laughs> it's like... In all honesty, like if the Portland, if the Oklahoma City Thunder job came open, I would 100% take that instead. Houston Rockets, Portland Trailblazers, even the Sacramento Kings, and that's fucking saying something. That's just because you like Dante. <laughs> yeah, you, you got me. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, um, this was awesome. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be hilarious that LeBron's probably still going to win the scoring title if he plays like one more game, but. Um, no he's done for the year i thought is he yeah so he can't win it yeah um sweet it's gonna go to Embiid. of course because Giannis doesn't care about stats i mean he it was shocking how little he shot the ball last night yeah i um i just caught the first half of the game because we had a soccer game or uh the second half excuse me um but yeah I, i saw that he didn't take a single shot in the first quarter um, Embiid took like 38 shots last night. Jokic took 30 and Giannis took like 18 or something like that. Yeah. I think it was 13 actually. Oh, 13. Yeah. That might be, cause he only had 18 points. Yeah. yeah. Or no. Yeah. He had 18, nine and nine, I think. Yeah. He, I know, for, I think I know for, I know for a fact he had 13. 13 shots. Shot. Yeah. Shots. Yeah. He doesn't give a fuck about the scoring title. He doesn't give a, he just also <laughs> the bulls are so bad. <laughs> yeah listen if you're a bulls fan you shouldn't be happy you guys did pretty well relative to expectations you got well not pretty well you guys did exactly how everyone expected you to finish in the standings but that's true yeah i think if you would ask a bulls fan earlier in the year or anybody it's like yeah they'd probably get in that six through eight spot and they're yep. in sixth right now fifth or sixth was right the sweet spot for the bulls right. all year um but look it seemed you you shouldn't be overly happy. You shouldn't be overly disappointed. You should be, yeah, we expected that. But you're not going to go far in the playoffs, okay? And Especially if the playoffs start today, I yeah. think it would be Bucks bulls at three and six. Yeah, which at, I wanted to talk about this with you because the Bucks right now are in third. They're tied with the Celtics and the Sixers, who the Celtics are in second, and they play tomorrow night. You purposely lose that game knowing that Brooklyn could potentially get that seven seed in the play-in? Um, as a fan, yes. I don't think the players want to. I don't think they care who they play. Yeah. I, I also would – I'd much rather play the Bulls because I think we sweep them and it, they're not a single game would even be close. Yeah. I, uh, yeah I, I'm torn on this. I truly am because – if we lose, there's a chance that we could drop to the four under Philadelphia and play Toronto in the first round. And 
after Brooklyn, that's probably the one team I don't want to play. Yeah. Um, but with that being said, if you do drop to the four and you get past Toronto, I know I'm looking ahead. Uh-oh. But you play Miami, who is probably the matchup that I would want to play the most in the second round. Same. Uh, but I think, like, previous years, back in, like, 2019, 2020. Yeah, 2020. Sorry, I lost track of time. Um, you, we, I think all books fans kind of, like, did this game. Kind of doing, like, yeah. the playoff matching. Yeah. And we'd be like, oh, you should purposely lose this. But I think last year just kind of proved, like, play who you play. If you're a championship-level team, you're going to beat those teams. We had maybe the toughest road. We had the toughest road to the finals last year yeah. in the playoffs. We played Miami, who has always had, always had our number. Brooklyn, who was favorites to win the championship all year. And then Atlanta, who was just, like, the hottest team in the NBA. And then Phoenix, who came out of the West, basically gentlemen sweeping everybody they played. And they still won the final, so it doesn't matter. We also, last year was the first time we didn't get the one seed, and that was the one year that we actually won. So it literally does not matter at all, I don't think. But as a yeah. fan, I yeah, I, I'd rather play the Bulls than the Nets for sure. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but, I mean, the play-in should be really, really interesting because Brooklyn is a team that seems like they shouldn't be in the play-in, but – in reality, they really are not like overly good. Yeah, like, even when KD and Kyrie play, they're still losing some pretty bad games. Yeah, and it like they lost to Charlotte last week, I want to say, at home with KD and Kyrie. And that's who they play in the play in right now. It, well, no, they wouldn't. They play the Cavs. But it's just kind of like, yeah, like they should win because they have Katie and Kyrie, but are they going to? Yeah, I don't know. And because Ben Simmons apparently is just never going to play basketball again. I always forget that he's on that team. Yeah, well, what the fuck's up with him? I mean, he's already out for the play in game officially. Yeah, he, he doesn't want to play in Philly because he sucks and he thinks he deserves more. He is straight to Brooklyn. All of a sudden, he has a back in, in injury that he's had all year to rest. Like, I don't know. Ben Simmons sucks. Uh, yeah, I've ranted about Ben Simmons too much in this podcast. Fuck Ben Simmons. But all right. Um, any any other anything else from either of you? I do want to hear one thing from uh, Ricardo. Hmm. I want to hear about the Devontae Adams. Oh, trade. right. You weren't on with us last week. And I know you didn't listen, so you didn't even hear what we said about it. No, I, I didn't. I didn't listen. <laughs> Is there news about Devontae? No. Just like that he's gone. Oh, I was going to say, wait. Because we, we, we hadn't recorded since he got – because we were in Cancun. Yeah, so I've, t- I've told Dean about this. Like, obviously, it's a huge, like, huge uh, – he just, he, he's just so big to the team that it's going to be – it's going to be very – hard for Aaron Rodgers to get used to him not being on the field. But I think I like, I'm not exactly sure, but I think that the Packers are seven or Aaron Rodgers at least is seven and O or nine and O without Devontae Adams. Um, and he just tries to force feed Devontae 
so so much that doesn't really even care about any other receivers really even uh, when they played the 49ers um there was it was i don't know if it was like the last throw there rogers made at the game do it you remember was. it was the last throw Lizard, wide yeah. open literally he had Lazard running a slant right down the middle he had no he was wide open and he tried to give it to Devante. And that's just how how it's probably been more. That's just the one we saw, but it has probably happened multiple, multiple times the entire season. So I think it's gonna take a little bit for him to get used to, but I think it it could it could be a blessing in disguise because I mean they're also they're gonna draft other young guys. So um I I was ups, I was really upset at first, but I think I think I'm okay with it now. I don't know. What do you think? I I 100% agree with you. It sucks losing a player of his caliber. It hurt for how much he's done for the franchise and everything. But I'm also, I have always been under the impression that um, the Packers offense doesn't really revolve around one great wide receiver. They could have a bunch of average wide receivers and still be just as good. Um, and that's simply due to the fact of Matt LaFleur's West Coast offense. Um, but yeah, it, it sucks losing him. I know the Packers will do everything they can to replace him within their means because cap space and all of that. Um, so I'm excited for what they can bring in. And I think this gives the Packers a great opportunity to develop a very nice future going forward. Yeah, and they're gonna get some young guys. So, um, oh, MVS is gone too, which is not that big of a deal. But he was a speedster, which was nice to have. Uh, but I, th- I think, I think, I think they're gonna have a good season. I think that Devontae was obviously really, really good. But like I said, I think it might be a blessing in disguise. Aaron Rodgers has not lost a game when Aaron without um Devontae Adams. So, I feel pretty good actually. I mean, I having Adams was always a luxury, not a necessity in my eyes. Yeah. Also, I don't really understand. They they're just they're they're a team that's so so close to getting a ring, and I don't know why Devontae would want to leave. It just especially after hearing that he was getting pay, he was getting offered the same amount of money, or they were willing to pay him or match the Raiders. They, the Packers offered him more. More? Okay. Yeah, yeah they offered him more. He wanted to play with Derek Carr. He played with him in college, right? Yeah. Okay. It, it, I feel like, okay, if the Packers are going downhill, then that's a decision. that that's I, I could understand that more. But they're so close that this guy's got to go play in the hardest division in the NFL. And, and just because he wants to play with his friend and not want to get a ring, he still has years left in his career, he could get one ring and then probably go over there. I don't know why that's to me. That's just a weird, weird decision by, by him. Yeah. Um, I know when it first happened, you were on like the fuck you, Devonte Adams. I hate you train. Are you still on that or no? No. Okay. <laughs> no. I know you were like, cause you were even saying like, Oh, who's the greatest Packer wide receiver now? Cause he's not a Packer. <laughs> copy yeah yeah all right well 
that's all we got. Um, I think, yeah. Anything else? No, I mean, it, it's a bit of a depressing episode after Ian yeah, Starhill's loss. Here's, the good news is for the listeners is that they have my immediate reaction to Duke Carolina to listen to, and that's another like 20 minutes uh, before we got to anything this actual episode. So um, I'll probably listen to that when I go back and re-listen and then just stop. <laughs> <laughs> all right but that's all we got uh thank you guys for listening and we'll talk to you again next week adios